Welcome to the Falls Creek Youth Camp Podcast. This week we have 3,940 campers and adults from 94 churches. In this service, our camp pastor, Zane Black, taught on seeking to be like Christ from Colossians. And during this message, there were 165 spiritual decisions, including 62 professions of faith. I love it. Praise God. Thank you so much. Let's give it up one more time for the museum. I love it. Such good times. You guys having a good time worshiping together? Woo! So much fun. So much fun. Uh, I feel like I have now successfully had some of the best food in my life. I've had the best fajitas in my life. <laughs> I have had the best fish fry in my life. So, man, some chili dogs. Man, you guys are treating me good. I'm gonna go home like 20 pounds heavier. <laughs> like, where have you been? I'm like, Oklahoma. <laughs> so good. And hopefully in the same way you guys feel a little bit. Let's give it up for our cooks, huh? But, but not only I hope do you feel full of food, but also full from spending time feasting on the Word of God, like a true fullness that satisfies your soul, all right? Like some good southern cooking meal. So uh, here we go. We're going to dive right into it. Speaking of the Word of God, uh, I'm going to ask if you're able to stand right where you are in honor of God's Word. We're going to open up to Colossians chapter 2. Let's go, verses 6 and 7. Oh, is it going to be on the screen? Can you guys read it out loud with me? All right, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Let's read it all together. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in Him being rooted and established in the faith just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So you've been feasting all week. We'll continue to feast here. What I want to talk about tonight is what does it look like to be solid, to be Steady to be that solid, unmovable, unshakable in your faith. And, and, and what it looks like to do that as we seek to be like Christ. Because what I've learned is the reality of today is you will face things that are going to cause you to waver. You're going to face things, not to say that you will waver, but there is going to be in the world today attacks against you and your faith. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, the downer of the week, like, well, bro, we were just having fun, we were celebrating, you know. <laughs> but just the reality that this 
world isn't easy, life isn't easy, and we experience hardships. And, and I know for a fact that some of you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus here this week, and that's something we're celebrating. And please hear me, I'm not trying to scare you, I'm not trying to freak you out, but, but, but here's the reality. Now, you've become a threat to the enemy. And, and I just want to prepare you, I'm not trying to scare you, but like as you go home, you go home with a target on your back. Because now all of a sudden, you're a threat. Because you now have the spirit of the living God inside of you. You have a new life, you're set on a new trajectory and there will be things that come against you. Maybe some of you believers, Christians, you've already experienced that. Maybe last year you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you received him as salvation, and then you went home after False Creek and you experienced the hardship. You experienced the difficulty. You experienced what it's like to come off the mountaintop back down into some of the valleys of life. Well, if you've ever felt that, like you've had that moment with Jesus, like you were, you were growing and it was exciting, and then all of a sudden you went through a time that felt difficult, God felt distant, your heart began to wander, 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 and you began to like fall back into the old things. I want to share something with you tonight that will help you become solid in your faith, that you will be unshakable, unmovable as you seek to be like Christ, that you will truly be, as this passage says, rooted and built up in him, established, so regardless of what comes against you, you will be solid. First, you have to realize you have an enemy. First Peter 5.8 says this, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That there is an enemy who desires to devour. Um, maybe this will... will will kind of help. I felt that in, in, in my life after I became a Christian. It was like, man, my life was changed. And I won't, don't want to say like it was, you know, completely all changed and I never sinned again, you know. But it was like little by little I was learning to walk with God and experience that life with him. And the, some of the old sins w would fall away. But then I would have some of my friends. One of my best friends looked at me and literally said, I want the old Zane back. Didn't want to hang out with me anymore. Friends, literally, would, would have get-togethers and wouldn't invite me. I remember one of my, my, my best friend, literally, I was, I was, I was praying at a meal because I was like, man, I want to like, have my faith go out. I began to pray at the meal. He started flipping food around the table. Another friend, I was talking with him, and he was at like a, a beach kind of get-together. He had a beer bottle. He took his beer opener, and I was telling him about Jesus and how I'd gone to church and God was changing my life. He took his beer bottle opener and like psh, popped it at me and was like, these are my church keys. I was like, one, I don't even know what that means. 
And two, like, man, like, I thought we were friends. And I began to experience the reality that the enemy doesn't always come just with like a pitchfork, like I talked about last night, dressed in a red suit, but sometimes the enemy can work in mysterious ways to come attack at us, to get us down, to get us discouraged, to get us to, to fall, to get us to fail, to get us to wander, to get us to waver from being solid in Christ. But I believe God has given us an answer for that. But we have to be, we have to recognize that there is an enemy. C.S. Lewis says there's, there's, there's two dangers. One is that you always focus on the devil. And everything wrong that ever happens, you're like, the devil did it. You know, you like pull in and like, there's not a parking spot next. You're like, oh, the devil didn't allow it. You're like, well. Or you get a flat tire, you're like, oh, the devil gave me a flat tire. You're like, oh, I don't know, or you just drove over a nail, you know. <laughs> the other danger is to not acknowledge that he exists at all. And the enemy would be happy if you would do either of those. One, think he did everything, or two, not acknowledge he's here at all. And so we wanna have this happy medium where we realize he is at work, but we serve one who is greater. Amen? So I... Uh, my, my daughter, I was, I was, maybe this will help, I, I was doing dishes one night and I was looking at our kitchen window and all of a sudden I see this little animal like go, bing, 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 like hopping in kind of front of our window and I was like, oh, what was that? And I'd never seen one. It looked like a squirrel, but a little smaller, but it was like all black. I found out later it's a mink. Do you guys know what a mink is? Yeah, okay, I had no clue, I had to like Google it, but it was gonna hop, 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 and I was like, whoa, and it kind of like went behind, you know, past the window where I could see, and then I saw my daughter, nine-year-old daughter, like chasing after it. I thought it was like a ferret, like, you know, like a neighbor had a pet, and maybe this thing got out or something, so I'm like, oh, whoa, my daughter's chasing after it. And then all of a sudden, I hear this, ah! Like death-curling scream, and my daughter goes and runs. And I was like, whoa, where's she going? And then I look, and the thing is like, bling, bling, hopping after her. So I'm like, what in the world? I run out the door. I kind of figure maybe she ran after it. It's a pet. It sees her, and it grows and runs to her. So I go out the door. I'm just in, you know, no shoes, shorts. I run outside. The thing stops in the middle of the yard, and it turns at me. And I'm like, oh, it is someone's pet. So I'm like, Hey, buddy. And it goes, dink, dink, and it starts hopping towards me. I'm like, okay, yeah. We're friends, right? Yeah. And it gets like three feet away, and it goes, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and the thing wasn't fast, and it wasn't like it was a bear chasing me, but you know, I mean, it kind of, I'm like, ah. So it starts running, and I'm like, go away. What are you, what are you doing? No. Ah! <laughs> and it continued to chase me. I ran up our hill, around our apple tree. I ran down the hill. It's still chasing me. And I'm looking, my daughter's gone. I'm like, LJ, get away! <laughs> and I'm running. I go around our garden, down the other hill, up. My wife comes out. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this thing won't stop chasing me! <laughs> and it continues to come. Finally, it like goes off in the woods. I'm like, what in the world happened? It turns out it bit my daughter. 
Well, I'm like, okay, it should be all right. And my wife's like, well, what if it has rabies? And I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. I search, and I'm like, okay, I think if, they have, if, if it had rabies, like, we'll just wait till my, if, if my daughter starts showing symptoms or something, we'll take her into the hospital. Late that night, in the middle of the night, I, like, wake up, and I'm like, I should search what happens if you get bit by an animal that has rabies. I search. If you start showing signs, you die. I'm like, what? <laughs> so we go get her. We rush her to the hospital. She has to get, like, full-on rabies shots, right? She ends up, she's okay. I never found that mink, but if I had, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he gone. Um, but you know what? Every time I walked out the door from then on, I had my head on a swivel. You know what I mean? Turns out I did some more research when I found out that it was a mink. In our town, there was a mink farm and some animal rights activists let out 40,000 mink. <laughs> Everywhere. It was like free willy. But free the minky. <laughs> so every time I walked outside, I had my head on a swivel. I'm like, okay, where is those things? You carry around a golf club. Don't tell the animal rights activist that. Because <laughs> it just okay, I had to do some golfing or something. That was it. Uh, here's the deal there is an enemy, and every time we walk out, we need to have our head on a swivel. And I know it's not necessarily in that Colossians 2, 6, and 7 passage, but I think that's why he's saying you need to be rooted and built up and established in the faith because he knows there's going to be things that are going to attack. So we need to be aware, 1 Peter 5, 8, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Just one more thing. Here's, I'm not trying to harp on this, but I think we have to talk about it. And that is like the elephant in the room, which is social media. And, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, the anti-social media person. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I have TikTok, but I don't really use it. I, I, I will interact with you guys if you send me messages. Zane Black, I respond. I use it as prayer network, so I'm on all of those, and I love to interact with students. But I do need to warn you. Have you guys ever heard of the, uh, the, the, the movie that was called Social Dilemma? Okay, so I want to put up a thing on the screen that shows the, the first picture for Social Dilemma. For those who don't know, it was a documentary that was recently put out where they interviewed some of the creators of social media platforms. I want to show you this next slide. Listen to what one of the creators of social media said. Social media starts to dig deeper and deeper down into the brainstem and takes over kids' sense of self-worth and identity. That they are targeting you. And there is a biological thing that is happening in your brain as you scroll. Check out this next slide. We want, from another creator of one of the platforms, we want to psychologically figure out how to manipulate you as fast as possible. Do you know that most of the social media platform creators 
send their kids to private schools in areas where they're not allowed to have technology, that should scare you. Please, again, I'm not some dude wearing a you know, tinfoil hat like out in the middle of the woods who doesn't have technology. Again, I have a phone. I posted just before last night's service asking for friends to pray because I see the opportunity that it can be used for good, but we need to be aware that it is also being used for evil. I wanna show you this next slide. The reality is we may not be the user we may be the one who's being used. And I think we need to put some parameters on that to be careful because it is a portal into all sorts of evil. And, and, and studies are just now coming out about how it is affecting your brain, how it affects how you behave, how you interact with other people. We're having more and more of our students in our youth ministry, they're just like, I got off of it. I have a, a thing on my phone, I limit how much time I can be on it. Certain days, I turn my phone on grayscale because I don't even want to see all the colors. It begins to fire neurons in your brain that causes you to think different. And so I want to be control over my social media and my technology rather than it having control over me because they can be a portal. And so I want to ask you to think about those things. And so then how, okay, evil, evil, evil ah, look out. <laughs> how do you combat it then? Check out the next point. We want to be rooted and built up in God's promises. This is what Colossians 2, 6, and 7 says. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, walk in him, being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith just as you were taught. That there is a way for you to be rooted and built up and established in the faith. Okay, maybe this will help as an illustration. Uh, I told you that I love surfing. One year, I went on a trip to Costa Rica, and it was the coolest surf trip I've ever gone on in my life. And I bought this thing before I went called a Costa Rica Surf Rider Guide. And to say that this book saved my life would be an understatement because I showed up from Minnesota all of a sudden in Central America and it's different, right? This became the thing that I lived by, especially when I went to one beach and luckily I read this before. Manuel Antonio is known for its exotic flora and fauna, which is like uh, stuff that's in the ocean, right? And that brings about crocodiles. There's one of them specifically that hangs out near the north end. He is a nine foot long crocodile that the park rangers have nicknamed Juancho. So if a big croc starts following you in the water, maybe address him by name. Perhaps he'll spare your life. They haven't noticed that he's eaten any people yet. He just ate a small dog last year. Juancho, gonna mancho on you. So this book became my guide, and I read it every single day. Not because I had to of like, oh, I'm gonna spend 15 minutes in my surf rider guide today. No, because I was like, my life depends on this. I, and it told me like where to go to eat, where to go to get the best surf, where to avoid other surf, right? You know what I'm talking about? This book was like my, my guide. Now, now, I wanna be clear. It wasn't about the book, 
but the book enabled me to experience the fullness of the adventure that I was on. The book enabled me to fully love my time in Costa Rica and experience the best of the beaches to the fullest of potential that I had. I hope you hear because I'm preaching again because we too have been given a book. <laughs> and this book is our key and guide to life. He lights up our path. He builds up our heart. This is how the Lord speaks to us. This is how you will grow. This is how you will battle against the lies of the enemy. This is how you will shield your heart against the fiery darts that come to attack you. The Word of God. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the Word of God is everything. It's not just about knowing the Word of God, but allowing the Word of God to help us to know God. I read through the Bible every year. My purpose is not just to get through the Bible, but for the Bible to get through to me. And so I spend time in this because then I get to know him. And so I want to challenge you to spend time in this word because it's like a guide, not just a guide to surfing, but a guide to life. And if you're not spending time in this as a believer, I'm afraid that you won't be rooted, you won't be established, and you will waver in life. Rooted just as you were taught. To spend time not only in the word, but for hearing from other, others preach the word. Your pastor, your youth pastor, your small group leader, your, your people to, to share with you. And then be built up. Once you hear the word of God, then you apply it by faith. It's one thing to read this. It's another thing to believe it. So you take the word of God and then you apply it to your life. Okay, this happened at one of my friend's youth groups, or one of my friend's church. So um, there was a, a, a guy, he was a youth pastor. My friend was one of the other pastors at the church. This guy, who was a youth pastor, his wife was uh, Polish. And so this youth pastor decided to take his wife and their kids to Poland to find out about their family heritage, right? Well, so they go on this trip, and they're going to the city hall because they want to find out their family tree, right, because she's Polish. They go to the city hall. They, they dig up some old archives and find her family tree, and they find out that she is the lost link of a royal family. Turns out, I just want to get it right, Back in 1700, a king from Sweden had invaded Poland. The royal family was dispersed and most of them killed. The rest could not be found because they escaped overseas to America. Richard and his wife Brenda were the first to show up who became rightful heirs to land castle, money inheritance, <laughs> they had servants, it was all rightfully theirs, preserved and protected, waiting for her to claim. And like now there's like a, you know, all these Hollywood, you know, things of like wanting to take the story and they want to make it all crazy and make the family fight, you know, because she's royalty and like she's richer than rich. <laughs> 
but there's just not that much drama. They just love Jesus, and they're using it to, like, serve the people in the community. And so they're like, no, nah, you're going to be something wrong with you. And they're like, no, nah, we just love Jesus. We're going to use this for his kingdom. <laughs> but check this out. You too have a royal inheritance. You are children of a king. That your dad in heaven is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But here's the deal. Some of us know it, but we haven't applied it to our lives. It's still nonetheless true, just like Brenda when she was living in small town rural America, the inheritance was technically hers, but it was sitting unclaimed. It didn't become more hers, it's just that she then acted on what she knew and she received what she already had. This is the truth of you. You have a royal inheritance. There is, there is like, there's promises in the Bible for you to unlock and, and, and for you to discover that will change the purpose and direction of your life if you will spend time in it. And Jesus invites you into this. So, 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 so lastly, so, so well, what does that ultimately do? I kind of talked it about last night, but I don't want us to miss it. Check out uh, Colossians 2, 6, and 7. He says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him. That's what we talked about last night, right? In him. Well, look at what it says this time. Being rooted and built up in him. In this short sentence, he's wanted to make double sure that you understand that you, if you are a believer, are in Christ and that this changes everything. And I talked about the glove last night, but there is another reality I don't want you to miss is that yes, if you receive Christ, you receive him by faith. And then you get to live in the fullness of life. And I know the reality is, some of you, you believe things about God, you've heard things about God, but you haven't received Jesus. And if you don't receive Jesus, that means you haven't taken hold of Jesus. That means these promises, although great as they may be, they don't apply to you because you haven't received by faith Jesus. So you haven't entered into the family to receive the royal inheritance. But when you do, by faith, you unlock the resources of heaven and you become new. Okay, so I, I, I get to travel a lot in the midst of preaching, and so I'm in and out of airports all the time, right? So um, I think in this last year, through like 100,000 miles or something, so tons of, of, of times in the airport, right? Well, I was at this airport, and it's a, a, a standard airport that I'm, I'm often in, and I was sitting out the window, and I got a cup of coffee. I'm a coffee drinker. Do we have any other coffee drinkers in here? Yes, Amen. Caffeinated for Jesus, right? So, hallelujah. <laughs> uh, how many uh, energy drink drinkers do we have in here? You're watching your husband right now. He's guilty. He, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, I'm both, all right? I have one in each hand, but don't judge me. <laughs> 
So I'm sitting there at the airport. I got my cup of coffee, and I'm looking out the window. And you know one of those times you're just kind of spacing out? All of a sudden, I hear this. And I was like, this the mink. <laughs> He's come back. <laughs> it's turbocharged. No, it wasn't the mink. Um, but all of a sudden, like, you could see the, the like, windows flex in the airport. It's like, and I wasn't the only one that heard it. And so everybody's starting to look around, like, what is that? And it's like, and people stopped. My coffee cup was like, you know, I was like, what is happening? And all of a sudden, a fighter jet took off right in front of our eyes. No lie, everyone in that wing of the airport just started cheering. They were like, yeah! And as we were all like, yeah, people were looking and they were like high-fiving strangers, like, did you see that? And as we were doing that, I kind of thought for a second and I was like, planes take off from here every day. News flash. It's an airport. I know. But there was something different in that airplane. You see, yeah, airplanes take off from there every single day, all day. I've sat there and watched hundreds. But I've never seen an airplane like that take off from there. What was different about that airplane is that airplane possessed a power that none of the others had. And what did it take? Some pilot to get in. Uh, do you think that airplane like that has a key? I don't even know. A button? You could trust that power to a button? A key and a button. Let's go with that. A key and a button. A pole start? Let's say in the lawnmower. <laughs> Key button, okay, and then he pull started this joker, but whatever it did, he knew that there was power that he or she could access, and that pilot unleashed it. Here's the deal. There is a power from heaven that is accessible to you that will make you different from all the others, not because you are great, because the power from the one who is on high comes to live in you, but you need to unlock it. You need to access it. You need to accept it. And so I want to ask you tonight, have you accepted it? We've been talking about this just every night this week, have you received Jesus as salvation? Have you felt that tug, <laughs> flipped it over, turned around, and taken hold of Jesus? I'm not talking about do you belong to a church or is your family Christian or what you think about Jesus but have you received him as salvation? Because then as you do, you begin to walk in him and it begins to transform your life and then you are in him and he is in you and this changes everything. Or have you just been scrolling, 
filling your mind with lies of the world, and no wonder why you feel worthless or empty or struggling, but God wants to fill you with his presence and his power to change your life. And so I wanna give you again the opportunity right now to respond to Jesus and to receive him as salvation. And so I'm gonna ask, if you're like, man, Zane, I'm ready for that. I've been asking every night and maybe you've been holding out. I'm gonna invite you to tonight, invite Jesus into your life. And how we're gonna do that is I'm gonna pray. <laughs> and after I pray, I'm gonna ask that everybody would stand. And after everybody stands, I'm gonna welcome you to come forward and, and here's the second thing, and I haven't talked a ton about it, but I believe there's even some of you who like, God's moving, you are a believer, and God's moving in your heart to take a next step, and that's to accept the call of ministry. Some of you, you're the believer, you're sitting in the cockpit of the plane, and you're thinking, do I push the button? Do I turn the key? Do I unleash the power? But you're like, I don't know what it would be like if I was a pastor. I don't know what it would be like if I changed the direction of my life. I don't know if I have what it takes, but you're sitting in the cockpit and you have the opportunity to unleash the resources of heaven, but maybe you're nervous or scared or you think I don't can't do it, but maybe it's time to just say, let's fire this thing up. I'm gonna respond to Jesus. I would love to hear, what if at False Creek there were, there were new pastors, people who said, yeah, I'm gonna accept the call to like go to the nations. I'm gonna give my life to be a missionary. I'm gonna move to a foreign land and give my entire life to service and to surrender to his kingdom and to his call. Oh, and I wanna be clear, this isn't like get out of missions for the rest of us. We're all called to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We all who are believers, who have Jesus living in us, we are a witness to the world. But some of you have a unique call to give your entire life as occupational missionaries or pastors, preachers, or evangelists, or teachers. And maybe tonight is your time to accept that call and to come forward. And so I'm gonna ask both. Some, you need to first just receive Jesus as salvation. Or second, maybe it's to accept that call and say, I'm all in, Lord. I don't know what it'll look like, I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but I'm gonna at least take that first step. So I'll pray, and after I pray, everybody stand, and after everybody stands, then you just come. So Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be here tonight. God, I pray that as you're moving in hearts that we would respond. Not respond to a preacher, but that we'd respond to you. Respond to how you're working in our lives. That we wouldn't resist anymore, whether we've been resisting uh, the tug on our heart to, to receive Jesus as salvation, or whether we've been resisting the tug on our heart to, to, to full on live in that call of, 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 of living uh, on mission as an as a occupation of, of ministry. Father, I pray that you would give them the courage to come forward after this. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. To follow us on Facebook or Instagram, just search for Oklahoma Baptist Youth. And for more information, visit oklahomabaptist.org slash youthcamp. Thanks for listening.